you're just going to have to bear with me today. I'm going to try to try to deliver the burden of my heart, something that I I felt on my heart, and I hope that I can deliver it. And again, it's one of those things that I feel like, I do feel like it's for folks that are here, but I also think that there are those who either are listening or will listen who need to hear what I've got to say today. Amen. And uh, it's kind of been amazing this morning uh, as I was in my office prior to prayer time, I heard one of these scriptures quoted, Brother Jerry, I think, quoted one of these scriptures to somebody, and then Brother Albritton, leading the service, quoted one of the scriptures I'm going to be using here in just a moment, um, because these are familiar scriptures to all of us, but sometimes I think in the familiarity of these verses, we we lose the significance. Sometimes when things become common to us, we, we tend to overlook the depth that's really there. And um, I want to try to help us today to understand a little better a verse that probably most all of us have quoted at some point. And um, not sure that in our quoting it that we have fully understood it. But I trust that we will before this service is over today. Psalm 118, if you would turn with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118, and I'm... Uh, I am going to read just two verses of Scripture. Psalm 118, and we're going to read verses 23 and 24. Psalm 118, verses 23 and 24. The psalmist said, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the Lord's doing, he said, and it's marvelous. Now, now please pay attention. This is where I say sometimes these, these things, I know verse 24 is so familiar to us, but I want you to pay attention to the context here. Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Something spectacular is being referred to here. And then he says in verse 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day 
Everyone say, this is the day. This is the day. It's a marvelous day. It's an exciting day. It's a day in which we should rejoice. It's a day about which we should be glad. This is the day which the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to I want to talk to you for a while today. This is the day. This is the day. Amen. Praise God. Let's put our Bibles down, lift our hands, lift our voices. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us today and to speak to all of those that are listening, whether in the house or online. Let's pray that God would speak right now. Could we do that, everybody? Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name praise God God bless you you may be seated as I said verse 24 is a familiar verse of scripture and we quote it and we use it a lot read it for me again brother Goff if you would I just I want to keep this verse in the forefront of our minds today as I preach and teach this particular lesson to this church today, Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day which the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Of course, I, I, can't, I can't quote the verse or read the verse without thinking. I've told this church before. Bishop uh, Tom Johnson in Colorado Springs uh, shared with me he had a particular um, Starbucks he went to every day for a while. And uh, he said every day he would walk in and uh, he would see him there and he'd smile and, and he'd just kind of holler at all of them and say, this is the day the Lord has made. They'd smile at him and he'd say, now don't mess it up. Don't mess it up, praise God. God made it, now don't mess it up, praise God. Amen. I've, I've quoted this verse many times. In fact, many times as I go to the Lord in prayer to start my day, I, I'll start with this verse. I'll just let the Lord know that I recognize that, Lord, you made this day. You are the creator of this day. And most of the time when we use this verse, we are making reference to the start of 
any day. And I do believe that that application can be made. I do not believe that it is a misuse of Scripture. Uh, I believe that the application is valid um, because every day is a day the Lord has made. Read for me Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yes. And the earth was without form and void. Right. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, God let there be light. said, let there be light. And there was light. Yes. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light God from the darkness. God made a division between light and darkness. And God called the light and day. And the light he called day. And the darkness he and called the darkness night. darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning, the were, the and the morning were the first day. And from that point forward... Everything that happens, it's designated as happening on a particular day. So I'm telling you, every day is a day that the Lord has made. It's all a day that the Lord has made. And, and, every day is a day in which we should rejoice and be glad. Brother Albritton quoted this during the preliminaries today, but read for me from Psalm 34, verse number 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord. When? At all times. Say it again. At all times. Say it again. At all times. Say it again. At all times. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise and His praise shall continually, shall continually be in my mouth. I'm here to tell you all times means good days. It means bad days. It means sick days. It means healthy days. It means work days. It means rest days. It means frustrating days. It means peaceful days. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, every day is a day in which we should rejoice and be glad. His praise ought to continually be in our mouths. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we are experiencing, God's still good. God's still good. Even when my life is not going well, God is still good. I, uh, in my, my first pastorate, which what a trip down memory lane this past weekend has been for me. Uh, flew into Dallas, thanks to Brother Josh once again giving us some airline points and Brother Jared making up the difference. Brother Josh had the Airline company on the line, booking our tickets, and they raised the price. And he didn't have enough miles to take care of it. And so Brother Jared whipped out a credit card, and I was real tempted to go ahead and book a cruise and do a few other things while I had his credit card right there. But I decided not to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but 
they, they booked us into Dallas. It was about a three and a half hour drive from Dallas down to where the funeral of my first pastor was. And I didn't even realize it. You know, I just programmed things into my GPS and didn't even realize it. And, and on the way to, to the funeral of my first pastor, we drove right through the town where I first pastored at the age of 24. And, uh, and uh, we came up on it and, and uh, my wife said, look, there's the, that's the road down to the church. I said, well, let's go by there. And so we just, we had a little bit of extra time. And so we just made a quick turn down that lane and, and pulled up in front of that old building. They're still using that building. That building was moved there. I, I don't even know when, probably back in the 1960s, uh, 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 Bishop Lambeth. Now this was the, this is the father of Brother Brad and Brother Cleve Lambeth, their dad, uh, started that church in Tatum, Texas, uh, way back, I think in the 1960s. And he found an old abandoned, now this, it was abandoned in the 60s. And, and he got that building and moved it onto the property where it sits today. And uh, I mean, this thing was old, I'm telling you, it was old. When I got there, it was old. In fact, we, we had to put a new insurance policy on it and uh, had an insurance agent in the church and so she wanted us to, 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 to get a good thorough examining of the building. And, and um, the nails, the nails that were used, some of you have probably never seen them, but they were square head nails. It's been a few years since they used those square headed nails. And uh, the other thing that kind of concerned my insurance agent is that there was no real electrical wiring. Uh, they had extension cords. That's that's the truth. There were extension cords run up through the, and so we had to take care of some of that before we could get insurance on the building. But anyhow, this was my first pastorate, and so we had to pull up in that parking lot and take a picture of that building. The only picture I that I know of that I have of that building is one that that brother John John Lambeth sent me of his grandpa standing out in front of it with with uh, their congregation from way back when. And uh, so I, I had to get a picture. And then we left there and came to the traffic light, which when I pastored there was the only traffic light in town. And uh, I said, you know what? We're only a couple blocks from the first house we ever owned. So we're going to drive by there and take a picture. And uh, so we, we pulled up and my wife said, go on, go on. There's people living in this house. I said, no, it's all right. Take a picture. No, no, no. I said, well, then I will. So I did. It's memory lane, you know. We're going down memory lane. We just, we just, we just thinking about things and 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 thinking about all that God's done. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I've I've had good days and I've had bad days. And 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 this is where I was going. In that first pastorate, in that first pastorate, there was a lady. There was a lady there that that uh, it was always obvious. It was always obvious when she was having a good day and when she was having a bad day. Because when she was having a good day, she was the first to worship. She was on her feet. She loved to dance. She loved to run. She loved to shout. But if she was having a bad day, everybody knew it. And a stick of dynamite wasn't getting her off of that pew. I'm telling you, when it was a bad day, it was a bad day. And, uh, you know, somehow I had to try to teach her, listen, sister, it might be a bad day, but you still have a good God. And you shouldn't take this out on God. He's still a good God. 
And as bad as things are, it could be worse. It really could. Amen. Among other things, you've got a friend that's there with you that the rest of the world doesn't have. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm telling you, even when you get to the end of the world, he said, I'm still going to be there. When you're walking in the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid because he's with me. I'm telling you, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Every day, every day, every day, every day. No matter what's going on, no matter what happens. Every day is a day the Lord made. And every day is a day that deserves, deserves to be dedicated to praising God and rejoicing in the goodness of our Savior. We are only able to experience a new day as a result of God granting it to us through his mercy and his kindness. Well, did you hear what I said? Do you know not one of us was promised this day? When we went to bed last night, not one of us had a promise that we'd make it through the night. But God let you wake up this morning. God started you on your way today. I'm telling you, this is the day the Lord has made. He gave you this opportunity to be in his house. You ought to rejoice and be glad in this day. Well, now, now I have stressed to this church in the last 25 years, I've stressed to this church that that every passage of Scripture has only one interpretation. and There could be many applications. And what I've been talking about the last few minutes has been an application of this passage, not the interpretation of the passage. It's an application. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Every day is a day the Lord has made. Every day is a day we ought to rejoice and be glad. Well, hallelujah. Every day, every day. Every day is a day we ought to rejoice and be glad because God gives us every day that we have. But that's not really what this verse is talking about. That's not what he's dealing with here. And so I want to ask you, this is Sunday morning, it's Bible study time. So get your Bibles out and let's study the Bible. I want you to look at Psalm 118. I want you to look at the verses leading up to our text. I want you to see some things about this particular verse that will help you to understand what it is the psalmist is trying to convey to us. Let's start with verse 18 and read through verse 20 and listen to what he's saying. Now, as remember, verse 24 is the goal we're trying to get to here. We want to understand what he's talking about when he said, This is the day the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. So, so let's, let's back up to verse 18 and start towards verse 24, and let's see what he's talking about in context here. Uh, Psalm 118, verse 18. The Lord has chastened me sore. But he hath not given me over unto He's death. He's chastened me, but, but he didn't give me over to death. 
Open to me the gates of righteousness. Open those gates of righteousness. I will go into I'm going to go into those gates. And I will praise the and Lord. I'm going to praise God because this. I should have died, but I didn't die. I deserve to die, but I didn't die. Well, hallelujah. Death was my sentence, but I escaped the sentence. And I escaped it because of God. Now, if you'll open those gates of righteousness, I'm going to go in and I'm going to praise God that he let me escape what was coming to me. Amen. Read. This gate of the Lord. This gate of the Lord. Into which the, into righteous, which the shall righteous shall enter. And so this deliverance from death is the focal point of what he's talking about in this song of praise. He examines here the gates of righteousness and many commentators believe that he is referring to the temple gates, the doors of entry for the righteous to worship God. Amen. He implies that those doors are for the time being shut to him, but he wants entry into that place I deserve to die I'm not worthy to go in there but if you'll let me in there I've got one purpose for going I just want to give God thanks I know what I deserved I know what was coming to me but I didn't get it and I didn't get it because God was merciful all I want is to go into the house of God and give him thanks for sparing me so with that premise in mind, let's look at a few other surrounding verses. Look at verse 22. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Well, now, we know what that verse is all about. We understand. We understand who the headstone of the corner is, don't we? Well, praise God. Acts chapter 4, if you don't know, Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12 tells us, read for me. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name, by the of, name Jesus of Christ, Jesus Christ of, Nazareth, of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, uh -huh. whom God raised from the dead, yes. even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now listen. This is the this stone, is the stone which is set which at is set of not of you builders, which, is which become has the become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none, for of, the there is none of the name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. Here's what, here's what they stood and proclaimed. They said, this one that you crucified, he is the head of the corner. He is that cornerstone. Now, look, they didn't just come up with this term, that headstone of the corner. They're going back to the Old Testament. They're talking to the Jews who knew Psalm 118. They understood, verse 22, said the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. They, those Jews knew Psalm 118 verse 22. And so Peter and John stand before them and tell them now, I want to introduce to you who it was the psalmist was talking about so many centuries ago. His name is Jesus. 
and you're the builders that rejected him but in spite of the fact that you rejected him he has become the chief stone of the corner and let me just tell you one thing more there is no other name outside of the name of Jesus neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved So, when we start looking at Psalm 118, we, we should at least start getting a little different picture here. Because it's talking about this judgment of death and needing the doors of righteousness opened. And then it starts talking about how that chief cornerstone would be rejected. And yet it would become the chief cornerstone and we know that was Jesus Christ and of course we've got verses 23 and 24 that we read as our text let's skip now just beyond that verses 25 and 26 listen to this save now I beseech save now I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Now, listen, does, does that sound familiar to anybody? Two weeks ago, I preached to this church about Palm Sunday, and I preached to you about the crowds laying their garments and the palm leaves out in the street, and they were saying, Hosanna which is the Hebrew word, save, O Lord. That's what it says right here in Psalm 118 and verse 25. Hosanna, I beseech you, O Jehovah. O Jehovah, I beseech you, sin prosperity. Blessed is he that comes in the name of Jehovah. We understand Psalm 118 is not talking about just any old day. It's talking about a special day. It's talking about a special day oh hallelujah now if if you if you were not here two weeks ago let me just bring you up to speed Matthew 21 verse 9 read that read that for me if you would and the multitudes that went before him and that followed cried saying, uh-huh. saying Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. The son of David. Blessed, Blessed is he, is cometh he in the name that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in, the in the highest. I'm telling you, Psalm 118 is being fulfilled on Palm Sunday. That's what's taking place. Amen. Psalm 118 is happening before their very eyes. Now, you might have noticed we read verses 18 through 20, and then we skipped to verse 22, and 23 and 24 was our text, and then we've read 25, 26. There was a verse that I skipped over, and I did that intentionally. I want to go back now and pick up verse 21. I want you to hear this because really this is the key to understanding Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is the key to it all. Read for me verse 21. 
I will praise thee. I will praise thee. For thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. The actual Hebrew here is you are become my Yeshua. That's the Hebrew name for Jesus. I'm going to praise you because you heard me and you become my Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the day he's talking about. Not just any day. Not just every day, but the day that God opened the gates of righteousness. And those of us that were doomed to die, we didn't have to die anymore. But the gates of righteousness were open to us. Amen. And he that came in the name of the Lord, he became our salvation and provided a way of escape for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Obviously, it is the day in which the Lord brought salvation to us. It's that day he opened to us the gates of righteousness, allowing us access into his holy presence. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Read again Psalm 118. Verse 24, it's got a brand new meaning when you understand what he's really talking about. Read for me. This is the day this which the is Lord the day has made. which the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Oh yeah. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm gonna tell you, church, if there's anything we ought to be rejoicing about, it's the day the Lord made. It's the day that God said, I'm going to spare you. I'm going to provide a way of escape. I'm going to make a path of salvation. You didn't deserve it. You weren't worthy of it. But I'm going to provide a way out for you. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, now, if you don't rejoice over that, I would dare say you don't really understand what took place on that day. I would dare say you don't really understand just what God did for mankind on that day. Go to Psalm 97 verse 2 and read for me, Brother Goff. Clouds and darkness are round about him, and righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Ezra chapter 9, verse 15, read. O Lord God of Israel, thou art righteous. Thou art righteous. For we remain yet escaped as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, but we cannot stand before thee because of this. Now listen to me, listen to me. The world has so twisted the picture of God that they see only one aspect of this great God that we serve. And I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not taking this aspect away. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's not the only aspect of God. But the only thing they see in him is his love. But there's much more to God than just his love. 
Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Ezra said, God, you are righteous. And we, we stand before you in our trespasses and cannot come before you because of the condition of our souls. He's a holy God. There are some things about God we don't understand. But let me tell you one thing I do understand. I understand that God is life. He is life. He is the only original life. All other life exists because of him. Genesis 2, 7 says this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Uh-huh. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God doesn't have life. God is life. When he came to this earth robed in flesh, he said that in John chapter 14, verse 6. Stay with me here for just a few minutes. John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, Jesus saith unto him I, am I am the way, the truth, the truth and, and the life. I am, I am the life. No I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Listen to me. He's the only one that nobody had to create. Everything else that lives, lives because he gave it life. Whether it's the plants, the animals, or mankind, we have life because God gave us life. But God has always existed. He is the original life. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. And he created life for himself. He created it for himself. All things are created for him. We also understand this about God, that God is totally against everything that is against him. He's against everything that's against him. As I said a moment ago, it's true that God is love. But his love stays within the bounds of his righteousness. When the angels sing around the throne of God, they don't sing love, love, love. They sing holy, holy, holy. If God was only love, then there would have been no need for a plan of salvation. He would have just saved us as sinners. If he was only love, then there would have been no need for him to come to this earth. But he wasn't just love. He's holy. And he's righteous. And he's life. And God understands something about sin in particular. God understands that sin threatens life. Well, amen. Ezekiel 18 verse 4 says this. Behold, all souls are mine uh -huh. as the soul of the Father. Right. So also the soul of thy right. of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth. The soul that sinneth. It shall die. It shall, what is death? Except the robbing of life. 
Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, this is what God understands about sin. Sin takes life. Life came from God. Sin is against God. It's against the nature of God. That's why he doesn't just save us and let us go to heaven and our sins. That's why, amen, he created a plan of redemption. And that's not just Old Testament, by the way. I don't want to skip over this. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, read. For the wages of, the sin, wages is of sin is death. That's New Testament. That's right now. The wages of sin. The wages of sin. I'm telling you, that's what sin is going to bring. Sin brings death, and God knows it. Now listen to me. You can love a sick person all you want to, but your love is not going to heal them. Well, you can love a sick person, but your love is not going to heal them. You got to do something. There's got to be some treatment. Well, praise God. There's got to be surgery or medication or something. Something's got to happen to deal with the disease. In fact, if you don't deal with it, I submit to you, you don't really love them. And God understands that sin is a disease in the heart of mankind. And it's a disease that kills. And if God really loves us, and the Bible says he does, then he's not just going to let that sin stay in us. What kind of doctor, what kind of doctor would a man be if you went to him and said, doctor, my arm's broken. He said, well, I love you. I love you. And that's all you need to know. I'm just going to let your arm stay broken. Doctor, I think I've got a tumor. I think something's wrong here. Well, I love you. That's all you need to know. It's time to find another doctor. And I'm going to tell you, God doesn't just look down and say, I love you. And that's all you need to know. God says, let me get a hold of that sin for you. Let me do something about that sin. Let me deal with that sin. That's what love does. Love doesn't leave you as you. Love will accept you as you are. But it won't leave you as you are. Well, hallelujah. I'm preaching to you today. I want you to know there is a God that loves you. But he loves you enough that he wants to deal with the problem of your life. And while God is righteous and he is holy, the big problem is man is unrighteous and unholy. Psalm 51 verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive. I've had people say, well, I'm not a murderer. I've never cheated on my spouse. You know, uh, whatever. They go through a long list of things they've never done. As though that qualifies them that they're not sinners. But I'm going to tell you, every one of us were born into the state of sin. And I've said this before. I used to live in the state of Colorado. And right there in the city where I was, in the city where I was, amen, you could go and you could, you could stand. You'd go up. We talked about a few weeks ago going up on Skyline Drive, 800 feet above the city. And I'm not even sure how high that is above sea level at that point because the city itself, uh, the city itself is, uh, uh, I don't know, 4,000 uh, or so feet above sea level, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, Colorado Springs, I know, is, is people talk about Denver being the, uh, the mile-high city. But Colorado Springs is actually higher than Denver in elevation. You can look that up. That's a fact. It's higher than a mile. 
um, in, in elevation. And, and, and Canyon City is pretty close there somewhere. Uh, I, I don't know, but, but, uh, but you can get 800 feet above the city on Skyline Drive, but you can also just drive just a little ways, and, and then you can take this little train and go right down to the bottom of what they call the Royal Gorge, and you're standing there on the banks of the Arkansas River. And, and listen, you can be at the top of Skyline Drive, or you can be at the bottom of, 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 of the, the Royal Gorge, and, and the, the altitude is a lot different in fact, in the state, you can go. They've got 14,000 feet uh, uh, mountain peaks that are there. And you can stand at the top of Pikes Peak or you can stand at the bottom of the Royal Gorge, but you're still in the state of Colorado. Doesn't matter how high or low you are, you're still in that state. And I'm preaching to people, every one of us, we're born in the state of sin. Some may be higher than others. Some may be lower than others, but we're all in the same state. And because we're born in the state of sin, we got to deal with that sin. Romans 3.23 says this. For all. all. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For all. For all. For all. For all. That means you. That means me. That means everybody. For all have sinned. And come short. And come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as Wherefore one has by one man sin world, entered into the world, and, and death by sin, death by sin so, so death sin passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sin. I'm preaching today, everybody that takes a breath in this world, the first breath you take in, there's sin inside. And that sin is killing you spiritually. Ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, man has been a sinful creature, separated from the presence of a holy God. And God's righteousness and God's holiness cannot and will not accept man in his sinful state. But the good news is, God in his love and his mercy provided a method of reconciliation. God said, I'm holy and you're sinful. And there's only one way that we're going to be able to fix this. Second Corinthians 5.19 tells us this. To wit to that God, that God was, in Christ, was in Christ. Reconciling the, reconciling the, world, unto the world unto himself. Not imputing, not their, imputing their trespasses unto them. Unto them. And had committed unto us word that word of reconciliation. Here's what he said. I love you enough. I'm going to take care of this for you. Somebody's got to die. Sin kills. And somebody's got to die. But here's what God said. I'm a spirit. A spirit can't die. Uh, but I'll take on flesh. And I'm going to come down there. And I'm going to let my flesh bleed and suffer and die. So you don't have to. I'm going to reconcile you as sinful man to me as a holy God. I'm going to become the mediator between God and man. And I'm here to preach, amen, to you today. Whether you're sitting in this congregation or you're listening online, I've not come with a negative message today. I've come with a word of hope. I've come to preach to you. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day. God has provided a way for you. 
to be saved. He's opened the gates of righteousness. He's made a path where you can be saved. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Second Corinthians 6. Verse 2, listen. For he saith, he saith I have heard thee in a time accepted. In a time accepted. And in the day of salvation. Listen to me. And in the day. In the day. In the day of salvation. I've secured thee. Behold, Behold now, is the, now is the accepted time. Behold, Behold now the is the day of salvation. Do you hear what Paul just said? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. If you're here under the sound of my voice, I'm going to tell you God doesn't care about where you've been and what you've done. God made a way for you to escape the judgment of your sin. You don't have to die in sin. You don't have to die as a sinner. He provided a way for you to escape. He loves you that much. Hallelujah. Let's stand together as the musicians play softly. I want to tell you, you can have a this day experience. You can walk out of here saying this is the day the Lord made for me. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Peter stood before the crowd and began to preach to them. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, read. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. Let them know assuredly that God hath made God that same made Jesus, that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, whom you have crucified, both Lord, both Lord and, Christ. and Christ. Listen now, to what they said. Now, when they heard when this, they heard this, they were pricked in, they their, were heart, pricked in their heart. Said Peter, they said to, to Peter the the and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, men and brethren what shall, what we, shall do? we do? We know we're lost. We know. We know we're dying. We know. We've got a sin problem. Tell us how to fix it. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. It's to your children. It's to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is the day the Lord has made. You're not here by accident. You're not listening to this message by accident today. God knew. He knew the hunger of your heart. He knew the hunger of your soul. I'm telling right now, come. Come. God's ready to meet you at this altar. If you're listening online, why don't you fall to your knees? Why don't you cry out to God? If you're driving down the road, lift one hand to God and begin to ask him to forgive you. This is the day this is the day God appointed this day how oh, let's pray church come on let's pray let's pray God knew 
God knew. God knew you were going to be listening to this message today. When he put this on my heart yesterday, I didn't know, but God knew. And I'm telling you, on God's calendar, he's got this date circled. God's got this date circled. This is the day that he made. He made it for you. This is the day for you to rejoice and be glad because you're going to take care of the sin problem today. These altars are open. Would you come? Would you come? Maybe you're a child of God. Maybe you've been battling things in your life, doing things you know you shouldn't. Listen, God doesn't want you to die spiritually. He wants you to live. Today can be your day. This can be your day. This can be your day. The day the Lord has made. The day you go home rejoicing. And you're glad. Why don't you come today? Would you come? Would you come? Oh, let's find a place to pray, everybody. Let's talk to God. Cry out to Him. God wants to give you deliverance. God wants to give you salvation. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. out to the Lord come on saints let's pray there are souls here who need a touch from God there are people here who need deliverance today